he starts recording and then all of a sudden he hits the the button and magic happens <laughs> rookie fever the show that looks closely at nfl rookie values all year long With your hosts, Swagzilla Zero G. We can't all be winners. Mike, the feverish Fidero. It's never in a vacuum! Nothing is in a vacuum! And FF underscore Spaceman. And he's trying to trick me by supporting vacated targets as if they're a real thing. David Wright. The Rookie Fever Podcast. We're just having fun and we're working, baby. That's it, baby. Come. Welcome back to Rookie Fever, episode 171. Here, as most of the time, with Feverish Fenero and uh, FF underscore Spaceman. I always love finding out what number episode it is, because with all these rookie profiles we're putting out, I just lose track, and then Swags has to do all the math and let us know. 171, nice. Yeah. You get 200 before you know it. We, the next time I will be with you, we will be at 175. Damn. Now you That's know. That's a lot of shows. Now That's you a know. lot of shows. I make sure I did that right. We had four each time. <laughs> Dave? I guess it's not that hard. Dave, you got the me? Math checks out. <laughs> Do you have a spreadsheet for that, Dave? No, I actually use my fingers, the old reliable fingers. <laughs> so, man, what's that, uh, what's that, that, that thing that, uh, that, that, that instrument that the Chinese use? Abacus? Yes. Did you get your <laughs> abacus out for that? I don't want to give away all my secrets. I, I don't know how he got that out of that. I thought you were going for like the the Chinese, uh, like what are they? Where you trap? Yeah, that's what I thought he was doing. <laughs> Dave knew. We're on the same page. All of our, I'm on the same page. I'm really, yeah. He, he's he's sharp tonight. Real sharp. Damn. Well, we'll see how sharp we are. We've got about 20 minutes to do an hour show. <laughs> We're going to do some three-year wide receiver breakouts. I don't know if we're just doing breakouts. We're talking about three-year wide receivers a little bit, I guess. Yeah, this is this is where it all started three so, years ago. Yeah. This no, is our well, original we, draft class, right? Is it? Did we have, I thought we had the class before that. Maybe we did. 2017. <laughs> and this is the 2018 2017 was our class. first class? Calvin right. Ridley. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. Calvin Ridley, Barkley. We had a fun class. Uh, unlike Dave, I am not sharp tonight. So... That's not true. He's got a very sharp rookie fever sweatshirt on for the people who can't I do. See him. You know, do you guys have a rookie fever sweatshirt? Looking into Feverish Fenero's screen, you see rookie fever only three times. <laughs> Dave's and mine, a combination of zero. So three year wide receivers, 20 minutes. Pro- projections versus expectations. <sighs> so the first three we've got on the list. Have already broke out by all means. DK Metcalf, AJ Brown, Terry McLaurin. Before we hopped on the show, Dave mentioned, "Hey, idiots! I'm pretty sure this is only 16 games. I think you're right, but I'm just going with it because in my head it's easier for me to just kind of talk about these projections as 16 games still than compute the extra week into it, which will obviously change a lot of stuff." One thing, like, so within these three, we shouldn't need to spend a lot of time on these three, but DK Metcalf, AJ Brown, Terry McLaurin, uh, this, I don't know, this one, this one got me a little bit. I, I'm just going to ask you guys, how do you feel about DK Metcalf 
being the yardage leader at the end of this with 98 catches on 147 targets, 1,390 yards, 12 touchdowns with a newly signed Tyler Lockett. I mean, I don't think I don't think much has changed uh, as we go down this entire list. I looked at free agency and 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 how that affected each team. And free agency, the only way they were affected by was status quo, right? Like you said, Lockett is back. It doesn't really change the fact that DK Metcalf had 1,300 yards last year. I think the thing that might have changed is Russell Wilson's getting vocal. You know, he's definitely out there saying, you know what, man? Like, we need to start winning my way. I mean, he's been uber efficient, and that's how he's putting up these numbers, but the pass volume's not there. Imagine if it is. I think another 100 yards for DK Metcalf? Hell yeah. Okay, I mean, but okay, so... I see where your head's at, but then you go to A.J. Brown, who loses Corey Davis. He missed four Mm -hmm. games last year. D.K. Metcalf played 16. McLaurin played 15. A.J. Brown only 12. Still had 1,075 yards. And now in this this season, he's still only projected about one, not even 100 more yards. 1,119 yards. So what, Dave? 44 yards? I don't know. Something-ish <laughs> like that, more than he had last year. And Ish. and this is without Corey Davis yep. when he missed that time last year. Uh, oh, I oh I love AJ Brown this year. If everything stays the way it is, I I think it's I think it's crazy that that uh, any any mock I look at does not have the Titans drafting a wide receiver. I think there's a team that needs one. It's and all they did was pick up Josh Reynolds. And I'm not trying to disrespect Josh Reynolds, but that's not even a number two in my opinion. That's a number three wide receiver. I, I misspoke. Um, AJ Brown only missed two games. He he started only twelve, but he missed two games, so I misspoke there. Yeah, we 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 hop from one pass vol low pass volume to a to a to a second low pass volume, and we're gonna hit a, a third one coming up. But Tannehill is like 18th in pass attempts last year with only 481. Can wow. he get 500? Can he get 500? 520? 525? That's gonna help. But AJ Brown with no Corey Davis, I just can't see them saying status quo. But with that all being said, I think we're talking about 2021. And even if they draft a wide receiver, we all know rookie wide receivers, majority of them aren't going to flash year one. I think A.J. Brown's ceiling is really high this year. I think I, I'm, I'm going to absolutely say he meets that expectation of 67 catches on 107 targets for 1,119 yards and exceeds it. So how would you guys rank these guys in both production and your dynasty startup draft? Metcalf, A.J. Brown, and McLaurin. We'll go to Dave. Dave hasn't said much. So it, that's a really good question. Because what I think what people forget about with DK Metcalf last year, he was on a torrid pace to start the season. He was something up to like an 18 to 20% TD rate. And then he only scored two touchdowns in the final six games. And now even because there was a like a five game per pass attempt drop in volume because Seattle reverted their own self. So when I think about DK Metcalf, I think of I don't see him getting 147 targets in Seattle. But I do think he can beat 12, the 12 touchdown production projection and meet that yard. So I'm still pretty high on DK, even though people people are shading away from all the stuff that's going out in Seattle. So I think I might lean DK, even though I like A.J. Brown better. I would just be rather attached to Russell Wilson and Ryan Tannehill because I think Ryan, even though they probably have similar pass attempts, Russell Wilson is just more efficient, I, and, I'll, and I'll go with Russell Wilson. So, But A.J. Brown is going to smash this 67, 107 target, 67 catches, 107 targets projection because – 
he only got 7.3 targets last season. That pace, and I know that's not, you can't just extrapolate targets. Yeah, they literally have him getting one more target and three yeah. less catches. Yeah. So, and this is a fully healthy A.J. Brown because we heard that he was should have been on the IR in week two. Yep. That's what he was saying. Yep. So I really like A.J. Brown. That offense, like Fenner was saying, is struggling. It's going to struggle with, they've lost some valuable talent. But A.J. Brown is a, he's a stud. So I think he's going to beat these projections, but I don't, it's tough to see him be maybe a top five wide receiver, but I think he's a top 10 wide receiver. And at age 23 or 24, that's, that's not bad. Dave, did you rank them? Yeah, so I'll go DK, AJ <laughs> Brown, and then uh, is it Terry? Was that the third one? Yes. No, just, oh, all three? Okay. So you went Metcalf, Brown, McLaurin. Is that for you as well, Fenero? Uh I think the values with Metcalf first, but I, after, after discussing this just now even, I mean, literally, dude, you're splitting hairs between AJ Brown and Metcalf. I think I'd be happy to have either one. And they both have the same type issues as far as pass volume. They're also like just studs on their own team. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm gonna just for the sake of, of what I'm looking at and, and as long as none of it changes. So as long as as long as um, the Titans aren't drafting a wide receiver say in round one, I will I'm gonna give a slight edge to AJ Brown because I think he's just gonna be a hog. And uh, if you look at it, he was wide receiver twelve last year with missing two and a half games, where Metcalf was wide receiver eight. So they're close enough, right? So yeah. for me, so for me, I'm gonna I'm just gonna lean AJ Brown with his efficiency just by a tad, and I'm not really saying much by saying that. I don't think any of our listeners feel like I'm saying much either. I mean, they're they're to me, you'd be happy in a startup if if either one of them fell to you. Like if you're you're in that spot and you're gonna get one or the other, and you're just waiting for the guy in front of you to pick. I don't okay. think you're even. Let sad. me ask you a different way then. Mm-hmm. You're trading one away for a player have- you want a lot. Uh, I don't know who. I can't decide. But that's the player you're getting. I want either AJ Brown or Metcalf. You're making this deal. Which one are you parting with? I'm letting you decide. For Brandon Ayuk, let's say Brandon Ayuk plus, just because I love Brandon Ayuk. The, the player doesn't matter. You're parting with one of <laughs> yeah, these players. I'm just, getting, I'm just getting a guy back. I really want. I have to part with one of these two players. I'm gonna go ahead and. Wow, it hurts either way, dude. It like really. It makes, makes it harder when you do it that way, right? Yeah, um, but I'm getting a player back. I really, really like. I'm gonna go. Oh god! You have to make the deal. You're, I'm gonna have to. Pro- I'm gonna probably have to hold Metcalf. Hold Metcalf, Dave. What yeah, about you? I, would you do the same? I, I think that's what I would do. Like he's such a beast. Just such a beast. Yeah, I think I'd have to. I think I have to hold him. I don't think I can let him go. I, I whoever gets me more in return. That's how. Like whoever the person likes, because I think they're in the same no, tier. No, you no, no. You're yeah. you're you're taking. Not, you're, okay. Not you're capping the game, out, Dave. dude. Okay. All right. Then I'll take. Then <laughs> the, I will. The deal's will, done. You're getting a piece. You need a lot. For you, it can be your Brandon Ayuk and plus whatever it is. But the only way you're getting it is by parting with one of these yeah. players. Like yeah, maybe the guy, maybe yeah. maybe the guy tells you, "Give me one. I don't care which one." I'll part with AJ Brown because at least Metcalf's been able to stay healthy, right? And that exactly. was the big knock on him in college. That's and, a good point. So yeah, I, I think I'm with you guys on that one. Deontay Johnson almost could have been included in that group of three studs like he's definitely broke out i would say with 923 yards last year 2021 he's projected 16 games again 93 catches on 153 targets 1041 yards and six touchdowns how are we feeling about that Fenero? so dave, finishes- dave's waving his head no i don't know what side he's on but i had to, <laughs> we're gonna make dave wait a minute so he finishes his rookie season as wide receiver 38 he upgrades to wide receiver 19 last or uh, last year right he's injured from weeks three 
to week six. Keep that in mind. Juju stay, and we all know that, so let's just keep that the same. Let's just assume everyone's got the same role. This is this is the interesting part. So injured from three to six, right? So he was off and on, probably out officially two of those games, but like just really low volume on the other two. From week seven to week 16, 10 full weeks, wide receiver four. It's pretty good. It's Yeah, I think he's a wide receiver one this year. He goes out at 19 and gets into that into that top tier wide receiver one area. Dave, and I, I know think you're, a lot dive, people, you're dying to hop on, Dave. And I think people will fade that because Juju's staying, but like what changed? Fenero, you actually make some really good points. People forget that he was benched because of the drops, which has been shown not to be consistent year to year. Drops are easily fixable. And then he also had the injuries, like you were saying. So even at that, he was getting 10 targets per game. And what I do when I'm making projections, I zoom out and I look at the team first and then zoom back in. And the Steelers led the league with a 66% neutral game script from run from pass to run ratio. There is no way they can sustain that. And, and that's why I just think his overall, it's hard. I don't see how he can get 10 targets per game next year. And, and that's also their defense has been. So I guess the, the argument against that would be, well, their defense has taken some hits. So maybe they have to pass more mm-hmm. or that balances out and also the injuries. And so maybe, you know, you do some math and that does, but then, you know, the only way I can see him getting this is if he's more efficient because he was 65th in catchable target rate from Big Ben, but Big Ben's staying the same. Yep. And he was one of the least, he was like bottom five in efficiency among all wide receivers. Extremely inefficient. I just don't know how, even if he's at 9.5 targets per game, which is a ton, that's like top five in the league. I don't know how he can get to 153 targets. I just don't know how he can do it. By Ben, <laughs> by ben throwing as many passes as he does every single year. They th- they, <sighs> the Pittsburgh Steelers throw 600 times. There's only two quarterbacks in the league that, this past year that threw more, and one of them was Brady, who's usually never up in there. You know, I mean, I, I don't know, dude. I, I Their pass volume is sick. We don't know who they have at running back this year. We all suspect that they're going to draft one very early. So that can, you know, offset some of this. But, I mean, Pittsburgh historically, I mean, I want to say easily in the last three years is probably averaging 600, 600 targets in the air. And to me, like, that's that's astronomical. They're, it's For me, like, the, the concern I would have is beyond 2021. Because, I mean, this has got to be it for Ben. I, I hear you, man. I, I mean, it, he, the thing is, Deontay Johnson is good. I am happy with him on my team. I top a top five, say, because you know what you said that pace was top four. Man, it would right. be really hard to see him get top ten. I mean, he's got the skills. It's just so hard to be a top ten wide receiver in this league. I hear you. So that's the only reason. It's not that I don't like Deontay Johnson. And then maybe you know Claypool. I think takes what a it is role. is you don't like the Steelers. <laughs> you, I, I think they're going to just run more next year. I, I think go back to the old Steeler way and run more. Well, the other thing too, like if you don't do projections. Right. Chances are at the end of a year or end of an off season, you're going to have 20 people as wide receiver ones. Right. There's only 12, but you're going to have 20 of them because they're all capable of being wide receiver ones. So when we talk about someone like Deontay Johnson, he, he could easily drop below that and still have a very successful season. He could be wide receiver 13, 14, 15, somewhere in that area. He had a great season last year. So so for me, uh, when I say that I think he's going to be a wide receiver one, it's for the sake of this discussion and for the sake of me realizing he has that potential and he missed that uh, amount of time. So it, assuming he stays healthy, which I think in this discussion, we have to assume all these players are going to stay healthy. Otherwise, it makes it kind of moot. Uh, I, I think jumping from 19 to 12 is not not a big jump. I mean, one more game and he broke a thousand yards last year. And I know you can't do it that way, but he missed one game. You add that one game in, and he breaks that thousand yards last year. Pretty you know what easy. I found interesting, Swags? This this one this one blew my mind. 
he's wide receiver 19 with 923 yards and seven touchdowns. But DK Metcalf the previous year had 900 yards and seven touchdowns and was wide receiver 34. Oh, wow. That's interesting, but now I had to look at it twice to even believe that. It but made then, no what sense. does the variance end up being like with DK's year? Like, were there more wide receiver? Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, in that's that what I mean. area, I, that it happens every year. Like, there's down years for wide receivers, and maybe that's what happened. I mean, I'm sure someone with a very large spreadsheet could could eventually figure that out for us. But I, I found that just incredible like i couldn't believe i wrote down what how each wide receiver on this list finished in the 2019 season their rookie season and their 2020 season metcalf went from 34 to 7 but his 34 was a breakout season 58 receptions 900 yards and seven touchdowns in his in his in his freshman year yeah go ahead dave tell me the big difference and this is just a guess yeah but it was the 30 different the 30 receptions is there a difference in 30 receptions that's a big okay. deal 30 yeah PPR that is points. a big deal that is a big deal so that's exact. That's exactly what it is. Something I couldn't believe. I mean, so let me ask you guys this: yes or no question. We're moving on. Will he break a thousand yards, Johnson? Yeah. Yes, I would yes. bet. I would bet money on that. Like good money, actually. I agree. Yeah, same here. I think he's a good player. I think definitely thinks a good player, and, and especially with the extra game, he's breaking a thousand. <laughs> yeah, I think he's the best wide receiver on that team. So somebody <sighs> I was surprised to see that's been in the league for three years. And, and all these guys, I mean, we've been talking about him for just as long, but it's Debo. For some reason, I'm like, man, Debo, time is flying. And I think <laughs> it's just because of him being kind of injured and banged up last year yes, and just the way his exactly career has started. But yeah. Debo Samuel, 2021, 70 catches, 104 targets, 904 yards, and three touchdowns. Only three touchdowns for my boy. I, huh. think, Debo with, I think Debo with a new quarterback beats that. Yeah, I, I agree. Especially the three and, touchdowns. And honestly, keep Jimmy G there for all 16 games, and he beats that. Yep. Um, San Francisco was absolutely decimated by injuries. They had 32 players on IR at some point last year. They lost Jimmy G, Debo, IU, Kittle. They had a Mostert, lot of COVID issues. Nick Bosa. I mean, it was a mess at one point where it's just like, how the hell is San Francisco? Bad quarterback play. Yeah. Lots it was, of it was bad a mess. quarterback play. It wasn't just all Jimmy they, G. All they would need is a consistent guy at the helm. That's it, and he would beat this. And yep. I and the re, the biggest reason is the three touchdowns seems really really low to me. Um, the nine hundred and four yards he had eight hundred and two his rookie season. Now Ayuk wasn't there, and I, that's a strong argument. But I think Ayuk just compliments Debo. I, I think we hadn't got it. We don't. We haven't had a chance to see that yet. And I feel like I'm higher on Debo than a lot of people because everyone's ready to pass a torch to Ayuk. And Ayuk is the best wide receiver on this team. I do believe that. I finally conceded that. But I'm not willing to concede that Debo Samuel is not capable of a, a very good third year. Yeah, I think he could. I think, I, think he all, I think he could get to that 900 yards. I think that's fair, Dave. I think the biggest question is who's going to be the quarterback. You know, I think that's going to really affect this because if they, you know, if Jimmy G starts the season and then they go to a, oh, please don't be Mac Jones, but like a Trey Lance or a or a Justin Fields, it's going to be tough to have you know to feed Kittle, feed Ayuk, and Debo with a rookie. So maybe, with a rookie quarterback for half, you know, it'll be tough, but I really like that offense. They've got Nick a lot Mullins, of weapons. CJ Beathard, Jimmy G last year. Is that the only three? Was there one more that threw that rock? Probably one more. CJ Beathard, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, no, it definitely could be improved, but you just know how teams, you know, teams get to protect their rookie quarterbacks and then bring them along. They, they run the ball more. I, I was really excited for the San Francisco team. Debo adds a whole nother level to this offense. 
that it can Great. really unlock everyone. If they can get that extra piece, get that ground game going, what that tells me is that, man, I really want pieces of this San Francisco offense because people forget what happened. I don't think they forget, but I think the people love Shanahan too. But, I, man, I just really am excited for Debo. So I think maybe – he doesn't maybe he's not 904, 904 receiving yards, but I think he's definitely gonna get some rushing yards to go on top of that. So I think he's definitely mm-hmm. can beat this projection easily. Three touchdowns is, is not enough. Three touchdowns is not enough. I Debo. agree. I yeah. didn't know, I didn't, Dave, I didn't know how much you liked Debo. I like you more now. Well, no. I still like you it, way more. It but. sounded like a 49er thing to me, maybe, but I, 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 I he, he also said. mentioned, he, <laughs> he also mentioned the things that I really like about Debo too that I left out. The fact that they do try to use him in the rushing game. The fact that he he really can add a lot to this offense with his skill set. So he's a tough guy, too. People forget how tough he is. Um, no, I'm uh, learning I'm a lot about Dave tonight. He hates the Steelers <laughs> and loves the 49ers. He was he was really biting his tongue when I when I said that uh, Deontay was the best wide receiver on the team because he loves Juju. That and you know how much my newfound love for Claypool. <laughs> <laughs> Not buying that. <laughs> Not buying Moving that. along. We're getting into some of the guys that haven't quite broke out as much now. With that said, I'll start. I guess we'll start with the guys that sort of still have. Man, th- these this was a good rookie class. I mean, Darius Slayton here, his projecting for 60 catches, 112 targets. Um, last year, he's targeting 96 times, so it's a little bit more. So 60 catches, 112 targets. 855 yards and only four touchdowns with Michael Finero's newfound love, Kenny Galladay on the team. These projections, I guarantee if you looked up these projections, they were the same projections pre-Galladay. Right. They had to be. I promise you there's no way. Gary Slayton is scratching 855 yards. You don't think so? Slayton, no way. Slayton will not have 855 yards. He will not Too have high? 112 targets. Well, this is what he will be. He'll he he's gonna he is a wide receiver three. Slayton was was asked to be a wide receiver two. He is a good wide receiver three. I am excited to get him back into that role. And what 112 you're see is, targets is a lot, isn't it? It's too much. It's he's it's. I'm telling you, it's pre Galladay because Galladay wasn't on this team and he had 96. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? There's no way. <laughs> Galladay's getting less than 120 maybe, targets. So like, maybe Darius Slayton's the only player they added a game for. <laughs> yeah, it was just for him. Yeah, that's a really good point. He also he also doesn't have an excellent track record. He started off. He's the, this is the only guy who regressed on this list. He was wide receiver nine. Oh, I'm sorry. In 19, he was wide receiver 33. He was a wide receiver three in his rookie season. Eight we all touchdowns. Got, we all got very excited about tied AJ Brown for the highest touchdowns from any rookie yeah, in that class. There you go. There you go. And then they say, okay, we're gonna go ahead and 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 let you now. Now, when I say let you, there was some there were some other things that happened that gave Slayton this number two role. But he received the number two role nonetheless and regressed down to wide receiver forty nine. And then with Galladay coming, that's a dagger, but not for the team. I think the Giants are gonna love as a team putting Darius Slayton in that wide receiver three spot down the down the scene. But as far as this little exercise goes, no way on the 112 targets. No way. I can't, I agree with you on that. I don't hate the four touchdowns. That sounds about right. So for the people at home, I was pretty hard on Daniel Jones That's last week. Me. I look at my <laughs> – <laughs> or, you know, people in the, their car, the people, you know, in the yard. Are, are... I'm also home. I just want to say, people who cannot see Finero live right now, 
He's wearing a Giants hat, and I eviscerated Daniel Jones a couple weeks ago, and I value my friendship here, so I'm not going to say anything negative about the Giants in this assessment. No, but I'm joking, of course. Look, I agree that I don't think Darius Slayton – I agree about this projection probably doesn't involve Kenny Galladay, but Saquon Barkley coming back. Uh, Kenny Mm. Galladay, that's more first downs, more first downs, more red zone opportunities, hopefully. So maybe that gives some boost to Darius Slayton where he's more efficient, hopefully. Or maybe he – or he maybe gets the more touchdowns like Fenner was suggesting. However, if for this to happen, we need Daniel Jones to progress. Daniel Jones, and I was really hard on him, but for Darius Slayton to hit these targets, he's going to have to make a big step. And I just don't think he can do it. So I don't think uh, the uh, I don't think there, he can sustain four four fantasy viable talents in in fantasy. So. That's, and I think Darius Slayton falls out. It'll be interesting to see how it shakes out. Because, I mean, even that rookie year with Slayton, there was no Evan Ingram, obviously yep. no Galladay, really nobody I, else there. There was a lot of time when Barkley missed time there. And then when Barkley's in the game, he's taken like 8 to 13 targets away. Yeah, Shepard, Shepard missed significant good point. time. He missed significant I remember when Shepard came back, everyone thought Slayton had earned a role. He was immediately put behind Shepard. So if if anything on this one, what I would say to kind of conclude it, I don't think he gets the targets, but I think Mm -hmm. he will get better looks. He'll be more open. They're going to have to guard actual good players on the team. Well, and Slayton's going to use his speed and stretch the field. So I think he'll get better looks, but I don't think he can get to that 112 targets. And he's definitely not getting to 855 yards. He might. I think he'll get, I think he'll get six touchdowns. I, I got him in the 600s with six touchdowns. Um, I don't want to talk about Marquise Brown. Um, do you guys think that he <laughs> breaks 800 yards for the first time in his career? So you're talking about Marquise Brown then? Yeah. that's If you guys want to, I was just asking that question. <laughs> do I think he gets what? 800 yards for the first time in his career in 2021. He's projected to get 821, 61 catches, 97 targets, 821, seven touchdowns. If he was on the Giants, you'd be giving up on him like Darius Slayton. All right, so free agency tracker here. We got Sammy Watkins on the team now. I think he immediately slots in as the number two because there is no number two on this team, which is why they were so heavily involved in the market. This is a bigger problem than the Tannehill problem. We have Lamar Jackson with 24th of all QBs in pass attempts, making Tannehill look like a high-volume passer. Burrow had more attempts in 10 games than Lamar Jackson had in all all his 16 games last year. That all said, Sammy Watkins really hasn't done much, right? So I don't want to give that too much credence. I could see Marquise Brown doing exactly what he did last season and not progressing, which would put him just south of, of this projection. Yeah. I'm Barely. a Lamar Jackson. Barely. I'm a Lamar Jackson believer guys. So I think, what that do you believe Lamar, in? <laughs> I think that he can, he, I think he's a better passer than he was last season. Huh. I think he's a better passer. So, and I don't think it's a, a big jump to get, you know, yeah, 50 extra yards. And then he went through some nasty slumps. I, I, I just I I believe in Marquise Brown. I, do I think he's ever going to be like a shoe in wide receiver two week week in week out or season in season out? No, but I think he's definitely a decent wide receiver four option for a fantasy team. Def- so I, I I think that he can meet this easily because you know big plays. He's a big play guy. Gets a couple big touchdowns. I, I can see him hitting at least a hundred yards for sure. I feel like I've been saying that for two years with his big play stuff, and it's not false at all. I I totally agree with you, Dave. Um, but 
when you look at it, he, in his rookie season, he, he finished as wide receiver 45. He wasn't even a wide receiver last year as wide receiver 37. Maybe this is who he is. Do you know what I mean? And I, I I'm not saying he's I'm not saying he's a bad player. I think I think he's I think he's a I mean, good player for I that team. I think there were even times last year where Hollywood was frustrated with how crummy his targets were, and and he showed it, and then he backpedaled a little bit. Like yeah. he knows he's not getting good throws from Lamar. Lamar's a good athlete. He's a great football player. I just don't think he has the most accurate arm. You got your players Another- chasing down balls out there. Another thing I think that's really that, that that Baltimore truly needs is this the this a true X wide receiver, a big bodied wide receiver to help in the middle of the field and things like that that they were hoping, you know, Boykin could be and he just isn't. So oh, yeah, Sammy. <laughs> Sammy's house, but he's it's just the same, you know, I <laughs> to me like they were trying. Let's face it. We all know Baltimore was trying. Nobody just, wanted to go there. Just, right. <laughs> Nobody wanted to go there. It didn't happen <sighs> for him. So they're going to probably look to the draft to, to try to find that guy. This is a deep wide receiver class that we've all been talking about in our profiles. So maybe that helps. Maybe that is, but not in 2021. I think 2021 is status quo. Let me ask you like this. And I, and I know you're kind of with me, Finero. So I'm not trying to like, just like yeah. beat a dead horse and have an argument here, but to you I don't as wanna, well, I don't Dave, talk about Marquise Brown. but to you as well, Dave, like every time I heard like Corey Davis to the Ravens, Kenny Galladay to the Ravens, I was just like, oh my gosh, do not kill them like that. Yeah, That's I how agree. I felt. Yeah, a lot <laughs> and, of people did. And a lot of it's because of how much they run the ball and because I just yep. don't believe Lamar's that accurate. Like, he's a hell of a player. I'm not even saying the dude can't win. He's definitely going to get you fantasy points. I don't want his weapons. I, I don't want his wide receivers. They're, it's going to be too unreliable. Interesting fact. Lamar Jackson had a better deep ball accuracy percentage than Patrick Mahomes last season. He had a better. He had the same, essentially the same as Russell Wilson, and just 0.7 percent less than Justin Herbert. It, it's more of a. It's a volume issue, which I think Swags is speaking to. I think he can. I think that's the issue is the volume. And the thing is, I don't think Marquise Brown needs a ton of volume to be put up 800 yards. So I, I think that's my argument is that he doesn't no, need a ton I, of volume. But I, I agree, and that's kind of what we've been saying about Hollywood since the beginning. Is he has the capability to give you those video game weeks on three catches because of his speed and what he can do in the open space but i don't think it's ever going to be something that you can consistently depend on i don't think it's going to be as sad as will fuller's career but i don't think it's going to be easy to know when to start him and and i agree for a slightly different reason i think we're kind of going after lamar jackson as a player I'm still going to say, okay, let's say he improves a little bit. The pass volume still just isn't there. I mean, 24th amongst QBs. The, the, listen to these players beneath him. Cam Newton, Sam Darnold, Andy Dalton, who didn't play the whole season, Gardner Minshew, who didn't, Nick Mullins, Nick Foles. I mean, these are the players that have less pass volume than Lamar Jackson did last year. And Lamar Jackson didn't have more pass volume the year before. It's not like he had a down year in pass volume. How, how do these targets get spread? The only thing you could The only thing you could argue is that if you don't like Sammy Watkins, that Marquise Brown gets most of them, but he only had a hundred. I just, I just, I don't know. I just, but with that I, said, I mean, you also have to assume just like you said for Kenny Galladay and Darius Slayton, I'm guessing that they don't have Watkins projected taking away from Hollywood and that. And that's why I'm, that's why I'm saying status quo or just below it. I just, I don't see him beating. I don't see him beating. Um, they do they actually, even these projections have him down in targets. Uh, from 100 down to 97, but up in yards, which, you know, I, I would be fine with that. It, actually, the projections have him as status quo, pretty much. 
and that that's kind of where I am. I just I that's why I chose slightly below. But you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna argue anybody that says he he's gonna beat this by a bit. Interesting nugget, and it's not even about Hollywood Brown here. Greg Roman, I think, faces a big task because if you guys remember when he was with San Francisco and Colin Kaepernick, they had that first explosive, big first explosive season, and then they get kept on getting worse, and Greg Roman could not build on it as teams adjusted to that San Francisco offense. I think we saw teams adjusting to Lamar Jackson and his speed last season. Yeah. It's on Baltimore to adjust and give yeah. Lamar, you know, and not just you know go out and let him. They need to. They need to evolve and let Amar, Lamar Jackson evolve. So that's just what I want to say. Hopefully that could help if that can happen. So that's just, that's all I have to say. I agree with that. I have a hard time agreeing with that because I feel like, I feel like I've been talking about Lamar's regression that happened last year before it happened. So to me, I've always kind of like been on the, on the side of selling him when he was worth so much because I didn't, didn't really see him having that like QB two value and and then you see the regression in 2020, and um, I think he's a hell of a fantasy aspect. I think he's going to be around, but I feel like why can't I just be right about it? I mean, honestly, and I'm not even trying to be like pat myself on the back here, but why why are, why why, do, why the hell does this guy get such a long leash? I guess <laughs> is what I'm saying. I don't know. It to me, it's uh, I don't know. It, it's it's hard for me to understand. Um, Nikhil Harry, will he ever be good? <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> so the free agency market over there in New England, they added Aguilar, right? Um, there's rumors that they might let Edelman go. They also signed Kendrick Bourne. I like Kendrick Bourne in, Bourne in San Francisco, but I don't like him enough to, to sway me either way for that question. Um, the thing that, I, the thing that I can't, I can't escape is that, He's a wide receiver, 103 last year. I mean, it took me a while to find that. When you sort MFL, you get you get choices, right? I, I didn't even bother with the top 32. I knew he wasn't in that. I didn't even bother with top 50. But when I had to go past 100 to find his name. Played 14 I, games and he only had 309 yards, 33 receptions on 57 targets. If you have Nikhil Harry, I think you're waiting for his next contract and his next team, and and it's just a dart throw. I'm not saying that he can he can be what we all hoped. You're just hoping that he can obtain some sort of value that you can either start or move on from. But it's not going to be on this team. I don't know what is going on. I know that Cam Newton came out and said that he struggled with the Patriot way, if you will. Uh, said he was a little beat it. up all season. Yeah, and he he said. And he and and honestly, when I read that article, I read beat up is like psychologically. Mm. Like I really, I really felt like when you read what Cam Newton had like kind of said, and you'd see in between the lines, it seemed like when he mentioned the Patriot way, you know, that's all about team first. I wonder if Nikhil Harry just never really because I mean he was always like just great, right? Like in high school and college, like he was five star recruit. Like Nikhil Harry's supposed to be awesome right now. I don't know whether maybe he's just refused to give in to what happens there from a culture standpoint and he's in the doghouse and he's never really gotten out that's the only hypothetical i don't have any inside information i'm i just don't know how somebody this good out of college a rookie 101 pick came in and is this horrible so like for me the only hope i have and i i I picked up a couple dirt cheap shares is just after new england i have no hope in 2021 for nikhil harry 
Yeah, it, it's really tough to. I mean, I, I always said, like, if Chris Godwin would have had to start his career with Tom Brady, it would have been ruined just because Tom Brady has no patience for those guys. And, and it could probably break a guy like Nikhil Harry down. Dave, where are you with, with Nikhil Harry and this? this? I mean, it's crazy that pretty much both of Jacoby Myers' seasons combined or, or alone are better than Nikhil Harry's season, both his combined and like Fenero said, like Nikhil Harry is the prospect here. If imagine if Corey Davis had these kind of his numbers his for his first two seasons, and think of how hard we were on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's tough because I was a huge Nikhil Harry fan. I'm a New England Patriots fan. I remember I woke up my wife when they made that pick late night in the first round. I was so excited. I, it was a dream come true. But the problem is, like I think I agree with a lot what Swag said about Tom Brady and young wide receivers. Edelman kind of it's tough too because Edelman. I think plays in the same part of the field that Nikhil Harry does. So I think that's difficult. And if you look at Nikhil Harry before he got that concussion and before Cam had COVID, Nikhil Harry had thirty percent target share the first couple of weeks, first three or four weeks. He had, that's a that's a that's a good target share. Now it was a low volume offense because it was Cam Newton. But what we need here is we we need Cam to go back to his old self. And I just it's so hard to do that. Even if I put my rose colored glasses on, I can't see Cam doing that if it was a New England fan. So I, I unfortunately. I just do you guys think he... Cam's the quarterback week one? I mean, as of now, yeah, Jimmy it's G or re- Cam Newton. Cam, I'll say Cam. That it's gonna be tough to get Jimmy G's contract or his uh, that cap hit under for New England at this point. It'll be tough that $25 million cap hit. All right, Kelvin Harmon Oof. missed the season last year. He said he wants to be a part of that team, <laughs> of course. He's projected for 51 catches, 74 targets, 611 yards, one touchdown. And who's throwing the ball there? <laughs> I, I'm, I, that's the first thing I have on my list is, is who's the quarterback. We had this discussion either last week or the week before. Uh, I said all three quarterbacks are probably going to play. Uh, you're down on Fitzpatrick because I think people are too high on Fitzpatrick. I think he I- starts, to your point, though but I don't disagree. The one thing I like about Fitzpatrick, if he did start all 16 games, is that he does love to target one guy. 17 games. <laughs> yeah, 17 That's going to be so you. hard to get used to. It's going to be hard. To, it is it's already hard to get used to. Uh, so I, I love if 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 Fitzmagic stayed and healthy and, and played all six, 17 games. I like McLaurin a ton. Um, but Kelvin Harmon, uh, a sixth-round draft pick. Uh, I like Gandy Golden more. That they just drafted last year in the fourth round. Uh, he's coming off an ACL and LCL surgery that happened in July. I just—it's a shame, you know. You would have liked to seen more of him, but you know, like another guy on this list. Sometimes the NFL doesn't have patience for that, and you already hear whispers of Washington sniffing around for somebody alongside of McLaurin, which will push push Calvin Harmon down even further, and he's pretty far down already. So I think I think these projections are ridiculous, ridiculous. Seventy-four targets, six hundred and eleven yards, and a touchdown. I don't think he touches that. Not even close. Dave, he the the challenge for Harmon is to make that team. Yeah, that's the challenge. Thank you. That was actually my first line. I didn't want to be that bold. Uh, I like Calvin Harmon. I liked him as a prospect, and then he he kind of disappointed his draft capital. Um, six hundred. I mean, we're talking Nikhil Harry is going to get more than four hundred yards, and you're telling me even with what. Ke- Nikhil Harry is, you're going to say Kelvin Harmon gets 600? Get, get out of town. Um, I don't think they're going to be enough, there's going to be enough volume in Washington with that good defense and them funneling to McLaurin and Curtis Samuel. 
to to have Calvin Harmon sniff seventy five ish targets. Fifty one catches, Dave. I mean, there's no way. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I, maybe they have everything backwards. Fifteen catches on forty seven targets. There you go. Yeah, I mean, fifty one catches for six hundred yards. That's startable weeks at times. Yeah, I, it's like, just not. He, he's yeah. I think he's the fifth or sixth wide receiver on this team right now, and that's before they draft one. Wow, fifth or sixth before they draft one. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how this shakes out. Um, remember just, they have. Remember they have uh, Mr. Curtis Samuel now. Oh yeah. All, also picked up Adam Humphreys. Touche. Good point. Yeah. I mean, I think I think Steve Sims Jr., Cam Sims, I think they both had more, you know, they have more experience at this point. I just, I think, I think Dave nailed it. I just didn't have the balls to say it. I wonder if he makes the team. Tell me when to stop. Hunter Renfro, Preston Williams, Travis stop. Fulgham. <laughs> Where are you going here, no, I'm kidding. I didn't know his, I didn't know his roulette. Like, what kind of game stop. are we playing here? <laughs> Just stop. Um, the show's over. See you at episode one hundred and seventy-five. So who's worth talking about here, Dave? Who do you got the who do you got juicy notes on? The the one guy I have one guy. I have one guy on on the rest of this list that I, I wouldn't mind talking about that I think has has a shot of breaking out in his third year. Oh. I think so Fenero I'll pick Fenero's guy and Fenero <laughs> can pick my guy. And who's gonna one of us has to pick Dave's. So Fenero wants to talk about Paris Campbell. That's correct. I'd like to talk about Preston Williams. Ooh, I would love to hear you talk about Preston Williams. And Dave wants to talk about JJ Arcega Whiteside. Oh god. No, no. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> I'll say Andy Isabella. Yeah, I was gonna say he'll he'll pick anyone else, I think. So Preston Williams, two seasons, both have been injury riddled. I think the dude's still talented. If he can stay on the field, he's going to crush this projection of 44 catches, 77 targets, 556 yards, four touchdowns with an improved offense, with an improved quarterback. Yeah, I, I like Preston Williams, man. I'm I'm a little down on him compared to where I've been with you on this the last few years. But but yeah, man, give me a season of Preston Williams when he's not banged up, not coming off injury, coming into this third year season. I, I like Preston Williams a lot. Um, give me a a, a and a sixteen weeks. I know it's seventeen, but sixteen weeks, man. I think we're gonna get eight to nine hundred yards easy, seven mm. touchdowns. You do like him? Yep. Well, it's because Miles Gaskin's gonna be just destroying everything as the RB one in Miami. So you know, it's just he's gonna bring everyone up with him. So that's how that's going to work, baby. Wheels <laughs> up. Wheels up. We, we all know on Rookie Fever, listeners included, that Swags does not like Will Fuller. However, they signed him. He is suspended. I don't know how many games, so that's going to help a little bit. But we still have Devontae Parker. We still we still know that they are going to draft. Do we know? I'm sorry. It's likely. Most, I think it's fair. It's likely. We don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Most speculate that they're going at wide receiver at that six spot. That's not going to help. Just not going to help. If that happens, I, I, I will say Preston Williams will not not only miss this, but I'm afraid that he will go into obscured. Oh, obscurity. Fenero, I'll, I'll, I really I'll am say afraid this. of that. I'm more I'm worried really about that. I'm more worried about if they draft somebody at number six than Will Fuller. I know you are, I, and 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 I, I <laughs> that's fine. But I don't think you sign a guy to start him behind Preston Williams with Preston Williams really doing almost nothing to this to this point. And and for you tell me, Will Fuller that after yeah, he's and not let, playing. let's just let's just say for now they share time. Let's say they play. Is that fair? 
But they, well, they, they played well, what did Will Fuller do in his first two seasons? I don't know. I don't have that information. You know what I mean, though? Like was injured a lot. Yeah. And I know that that's like Preston Williams as well, but it's not like Will Fuller had done tons more to this he point had, in his career than what Preston had, Williams has. He had 635 yards his rookie season and two touchdowns. Then he regressed, which is because he only played 10 games, only had 423 yards. Only 10 games? And Preston played, what, eight last year or seven? What's that? He played 10 games? Yeah, he played 10 games his sophomore season, Had only had 423 yards, but had seven touchdowns. That's his first two years. And so, I mean, so Preston, like, is doing the same on eight games. Yeah. It doesn't It doesn't change my argument, which has nothing to do with, with I literally got done saying, like. I know, I know. If they're even, let's call them even, all they're doing is, like, damaging each other. Like, Fuller's not going to not play, is my point. We do not going speak to, what do you, what, <laughs> Whether you like him or it's not my new is, Will is kind of irrelevant. Unless unless you think he's so horrible. And this is happens. I mean, it, it happens, uh, I shouldn't say frequently, it happens enough to, to worry about it. But sometimes uh, a player, especially at wide receiver, isn't a fit. It doesn't work. and And that could be Will Fuller. No, you know, absolutely I mean, that, sure. Yeah, that could absolutely happen. But I just I don't like the signing for Preston Williams, and I don't like the addition of a wide receiver at the number six spot. And that that was my argument. If, yeah, if, I if hear the, you. If they pick a wide receiver in the six spot, I am not only concerned about Preston Williams not reaching this threshold. I'm worried about because he was a UDFA vanishing. I, I he won't have an he won't have enough of an audition on this team to even have another team really want him that badly. He doesn't have enough track record. He has like 600 yards total in the NFL. Like it's just, it's. I I like him as a player, and I really hope like something goes his way this season because I think it has to for him to become fantasy relevant. Something has to go his way, and one of those things could be Miami going a different direction at six. That would be that would be a first step. So Paris Campbell. <laughs> Paris Campbell. It's all about staying healthy with Paris Campbell. I mean, what the hell, dude? Like, nine games played in two years. And I've been saying since he was drafted, this is T.Y. Hilton's replacement. What do they do? They re-signed T.Y. Hilton to a $10 million one-year deal. Like, I think as much as I'm worried about Paris Campbell, I think the Colts are also worried about Paris Campbell. And that's when you really start to worry. But the opportunity is there. I really believe the opportunity is there for him. I just need him to play. 17 games, please. How about 12? Play 12 games. I still like Paris Campbell, and I think the opportunity is there. I think the quarterback's an upgrade, and I think he plays. He's not Michael Pittman. He's not T.Y. Hilton. I think he is a great possession wide receiver, or can be, I'm sorry, can be a great possession wide receiver for this team, and I think this team looks really good on paper to me. So This is what I would say to Paris Campbell if I had the opportunity to talk to him. I would tell him to get his mind right, and confidence will lead him on his way. Oh, that's very nice of <laughs> Dave, you. how are you feeling about Paris Campbell? So, looking back at Paris Campbell, he didn't have injury concerns at Ohio State. He was healthy all those years. And, and uh, I see uh, Swags is telling us his fortune, Paris Campbell's fortune with a fortune cookie. So, very interesting. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. So... And you look at you look at the injuries that Paris Campbell had. They're not like uh, soft injury. They're not related injuries. So it's not like it's a habitual injury that you have to worry about reaggravating. So there's optimism there, but that's where it stops. I'm at the point now with Paris Campbell where I'll I'll pay a cheap 
third round pick for him, but I'm at the point where you got to prove it to me before I start counting on Paris Campbell. That's just the only way I can say it. It's fair I, enough. Yep. By the Fair time enough. it happens at this point, unless it's really cheap, it'll be too late for me. But I mean, you could probably get him a relatively decent price, but may, I, I just don't know. I feel like maybe the Paris Campbell people might be a little bit attached and excited they, for this third year. They are. And, and and I was just about to ask you guys, do, and I know when Swags, you play in so many fantasy leagues, so there's a chance you'll say yes to this, but have either of you drafted paris campbell in your rookie drafts in the first round like i did no. yeah so i had i had a pretty late pick i'll say that it wasn't early it was probably like somewhere between nine and eleven i know i didn't win that year so i picked them somewhere between nine and eleven and i've been sitting on that asset for a while so there's no there's definitely some bias there me wanting him i i think and some of the names that, like we just came off freaking kelvin Harmon. you know what i mean like some of the names that we've been talking about i have higher hopes you know, we skip some names that I have higher hopes. Mm-hmm. So, so for me, like that's why I didn't want to end this show without bringing up his name. But I have a lot of I'm very nervous as well, Dave. And I, I, I do like you bringing up the injury stuff though because I think that's worthwhile. I mean, is there a chance that this this guy had two very unlucky seasons and is going to stay healthy? With what you just said, it makes me a little more optimistic. Maybe some of our listeners too. Am I paying more than a third for him? Hell no. I, I, I have way more of a body of non-work, we'll call it, to believe in than, than him on the field. Now, he did flash at the beginning of last season. I remember feeling good for like two games. I'm like, ooh, ooh, wait a minute. Oh, oh, that's a Paris Campbell I drafted last year. No, it's uh, it's scary at this point. But I, I just didn't want to leave this show without bringing his name up because some of these other names bore me. So will Andy Isabella have more high fives to AJ Green or more touchdowns? Hopefully it's high fives to AJ Green <laughs> for my own sanity. Uh, the problem with Andy, I, the reason why I want to talk about him was because we're in pro day season and people are getting really excited about these numbers. And they're like, oh, look at this guy. He ran a 4-3 something. Well, that's what Andy <laughs> Isabella ran, r- ran. And what happens is that's what got him drafted in the second round. So when you count that additional 40 time on top of that, you're almost double counting the athleticism. So I just want to tell people, Andy Isabella is a walking case where, well, first off, I really loved him as a prospect. Loved him. I, I was telling people, draft him over DDK Metcalf. That's how much I liked him. And that was a terrible advice. I did he, that. He was a second round pick, right? Yeah, second round pick, ran a 4-3 something, monster production at UMass. However, I just want to tell people that don't double count these athleticism metrics, especially with these wide receivers, because draft capital does that for you. So don't – that's kind of my – and Andy Isabella, who I think will be a role player from here on out just because they've got Christian Kirk, A.J. Green, and DeAndre Hopkins now. But that's just – it's a cautionary tale for people as they see all these athleticism metrics coming in. Don't double count them like I did. Yeah, and I mean MFL where we got these projections from agrees with Dave. They've got him projected at just 17 catches, 30 targets, 218 yards, one touchdown. They ha- they have his season – Worse than last year. <laughs> yeah. So not not really high expectations for Andy Isabella. Some players we didn't talk about today too much. We didn't really hit Jacoby Myers too much. Calvin Harmon, Hunter Renfro, Travis Fulgham, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, Miles Boykin, Keyshawn Johnson, and then Hakeem Butler, the tight end for Washington. Nicole <laughs> Hardman's another name that was interesting too. Oh, yeah. I don't know how I skipped over Hardman. I, I was on Hardman for a minute. 
Like, I, like reading his stuff. I don't know how I skipped so over was Hard I. Night. I was over there, too, and then it just... Poor guy. All right, we'll wrap it up with McCall Hardman, but <laughs> then I'm leaving you guys till episode 175. So, McCall oh, Hardman projected for 52 catches, 80 targets, 500 nor- 594 yards, four touchdowns. I apologize, Fenero. What were you going to say? I was, I was just going to simply just address free agency because I feel like that's, that's the biggest thing with McCall Hardman. They were absolutely trying to get a wide receiver on this team. And that could just simply be, you know, that they lost Watkins. They did manage to re, re-sign Demarcus Robinson, who's valuable to them, you know, which is why they re-signed him. I don't think he's a particularly great wide receiver, but they had to replace Sammy Watkins. But they weren't trying to just replace Sammy Watkins. They were trying to upgrade. And that kind of tells me something. It kind of tells me McCall Hardman is McCall Hardman. I don't really see him doing anything more than what he's been doing in neither of these projections. These projections have him as status quo. 50 catches, he had 60, la- he had 60 last year, 594 yards, he had 560 last year, four touchdowns, he had four touchdowns last year. I think that's exactly what he's going to do this year. Dave, are you, are you there? I, I I agree a lot of what – this is what McCole Harmon's role is. He's a four-target-per-game guy. That's yep. what he is. I don't yep. understand these projections, though, of him getting an 18-target bump but then only getting 30-yard bump. I don't get that. Like, if he gets an extra you know, 20-something targets, he's going to go over the 700-yard mark. And the way he does that is it's – He's got you have to have a Tyreek Hill injury because he's a Tyreek Hill replacement on that team. At his role without Tyreek Hill getting injured is not it's not that attractive fantasy things a fantasy option. But if Tyreek Hill goes down, that's when you start getting excited about Tyreek or McCole Harm, in my opinion. And like like Fenero said, the trying to sign Juju in Kansas City makes me think they're going to be investing relatively decent draft cap on a wide receiver. So that could be an exciting thing that I'm excited to talk about on Rookie Fever. Dave, I think you should just keep it going with your final thoughts. You said how jealous last week you got that Fenero got to do that. So I think I felt bad. <laughs> I'm, I was so jealous that I don't even remember Fenero's final. Like, you, I know what I re- you know what I remember, Dave? I remember getting more warning than you just got. I remember, I remember Swag said I was going to let us out, and I'm like giving him all these faces like, what? What am I doing? What? And then I got a good 30 seconds to start preparing something. So I just gave you your 30 seconds. So it's now your turn. So to take us away, I think the biggest takeaway that I have is the feedback we're getting on these rookie profiles. Guys, we have talked to some amazing people. And this week, it didn't stop. Oh, it was, I had a lot of fun listening to your profiles. And we've got, we're not done. We've still got a month left of profiles, guys. It we is exciting. really big names still. Oh, it is exciting times here. I haven't even told you guys who I'm recording with for next week. I am. Ex- it's a big name, so I'm excited. So I don't even go, know guys. who I'm recording with. <laughs> I already have mine done. Can you move your head like that? Play it through injury tonight, guys. your second shot right yes sir nothing can stop this fever though he is at ff underscore spaceman the other gentleman is at art bark tv i am at swagzilla zero g we are at rookie fever on the twitterverse five star review this bitch so now you can choose to use that or not 
I made sure the music was completely out. We do need reviews. That's like something that we're hurting on. If you like today's episode, on. please give us a five-star review. We love them. Until next time, <laughs> always be building. <laughs> so we'll just send you DFF out.